0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At this point, most shows are winding down. Roy is just getting started. The Roy Green Show
1: on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: Great to have you with us on this Sunday on the Chorus Radio Network. Later on in the hour, Alison Azar is going to be back with us, and Alison's going to give us the latest information on uh, the attempts, her attempts, to get her Canadian children back into this country. And you know the story as it's developed so far, I'm sure. So we we'll are here from Allison, And uh, I want you to hear something now. This was live on the air on one of our Chorus Radio stations. Live on air with a contest winner on September the 11th, 2001. Listen.
1: And we're looking, you know, like we have a balcony here. The paper, you know, is flying all into our balcony, our yard, and everything. And we, you know, we're. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, my gosh! Oh, my gosh! Oh my
0: what my happened? Gosh. What, what What happened, Allegra? Something just blew up. Um, Are you okay? Yes. That was a contest winner from one of our chorus radio stations in Hamilton in New York City. She'd won a vacation week in New York City, and she was being interviewed about that week, and that's what she, how she responded to when she saw the first plane at the World Trade Center. Now, I'm away next Sunday on vacation, the 15th anniversary of 9-11. So a week early, we're going to speak with a good friend of mine, Dr. Frank Stetchy, who played a major role in the immediate aftermath of the terrorist attack at the World Trade Center buildings and the Pentagon, which resulted in the deaths of more than 3,000 people total. And uh, Dr. Stecci was uh, engaged in establishing the identity of bodies too badly destroyed to be identified by conventional pathology, and so he and his team engaged in forensic dentistry. Frank, I, I, I can only imagine how challenging it must be for you to remember and revisit those particular days and those particular hours in that particular city at that time, and all of the things that you experienced. And I thank you for joining us and your willingness to to remind us of what that day was about and how significantly important it remains for all of us
1: thank you roy I appreciate the time to uh to talk with you and all your listeners as well and indeed it was a a time as we say on november 11th you know we must remember the past if we expect to uh improve upon the future and those who dedicate their lives and service uh to everything that's happened in the past and just listening to that recording uh, it still brings just me to it's difficult to hear.
0: City. It's so difficult to hear. And she was just there on vacation, enjoying, enjoying her time in New York City, when the world literally changed. Frank, are you okay to to share with us what your experience was when when you got that call and you were asked to fly to New York and and you were asked to become engaged?
1: Uh, you know, I... Uh... As I always say, Roy, I'll try it and do the best I can, because I think it's an important message that people need to hear, even though it's 15 years later. And uh, I, too, you know, at 8.46 a.m., I remember that day so well myself. Uh, I think everybody in northeast part of North America, it was a completely beautiful day, not a cloud in the sky. And uh, listening in my office, uh, listening to the FM radio, one of the Hamilton stations, and uh, a broadcaster you know the DJ I know very well uh, sunny she was just finishing up the traffic reports and and uh, the weather reports and we went to a record and about uh, 20 30 seconds later the record stopped and I could tell just by her voice uh, I've spoken with sunny many times yeah. something was not right and uh, she told me we had the she had the TV stations uh, you know, apparently in the studios and she saw what happened
0: yeah she we uh, going... we we all went through that, Frank. We yeah. all went through that that morning. Yeah. C- can you take us to to uh, what happened when when you got to New York? Because your experiences there were uh, I will never forget the broadcast when you shared with us what what took place. So if we can, if you can take us to New York when you arrived and what you experienced and what you saw.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I landed at LaGuardia Airport about. Uh... Uh, you know, direct flight of Toronto, about uh, 3.30 or so in the afternoon, uh, greeted, in fact, uh, in hindsight, it's almost hilarious, because I remember the passengers looking, and uh, two uniformed police officers and a, a civilian police officer, or kind of civilian clothes, meeting me right at the gang plate, uh, gangway there, and uh, escorted me away very quickly. And uh, we went to directly into the cruiser, and off to the medical examiner's office. Uh you know, I wasn't sure exactly what the protocol was going to be, but uh obviously the security was extremely tight. Uh you know, going there, even the police officers had to give show their identification. They had certain specific ones that were given to them. And uh nobody trusted anybody as far as uh you know the security aspect went, especially around the uh medical examiner's office. Uh the main what we call the pit, uh, ground zero, uh, around uh, one police plaza. And uh, by about uh, 5.30 or so, I was uh, posted to a team with the post-mortem team, which is the team that examines any remains we do have. And uh, so literally from the frying pan into the fire, um, the first victim we had to identify um, was a... um, firefighter
0: firefighter. Do you want to take a break? Do you want to take a break, Frank? Um, no. Why, why don't go. we take Why don't we take a break for, okay. for a couple of minutes? And uh, I I can clearly hear, and we all can, the impact this is having on you. To uh, the memories must be really challenging. So we'll just take a break. We'll uh, We'll let Doctor Stecy just catch his breath on this uh, on this experience. And we'll come back and we'll we'll talk to him about what he saw and what he contributed and heard from some kids, too. And I, I know that was a very gratifying experience for Frank. We'll come back with Dr. Stetchy right after this.
1: Don't let his bark fool you. Roy has a softer side, too. This is The Roy Green Show
0: on the Chorus Radio Network. You can follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show and uh, emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Listen back to you. Anything you choose on the webpage in the podcasts at RoyGreenShow.com. Dr. Frank Stetsche is with me from Hamilton, Ontario. Forensic dentist who worked um, to identify, there's no other way to put this, the remains of human beings at the World Trade Center. 15 years ago next Sunday when talking about it today because I'm going to be away next week and I really want you to hear Frank Frank I'm going to ask you some questions mm-hmm. okay if we do it that okay. way I okay. appreciate that So September 25 the call comes and you're tasked to go to New York and do what you explained to us you were doing the first person you had to identify was a firefighter and mm-hmm. can't imagine what that was like but let me take you back to when you arrived what was New York City like When you arrived, what was the mood? What was the feel of the city? It was uh, 14 days after the attack.
1: It was uh, still tense. Um, It was uh, a lot of still confusion. A lot of roads were blocked off and and so forth. But uh, let me say that my oldest daughter, Donna, worked with uh, uh, CNN in New York. And my wife, Mary, and I went, went there many times. And I was born and raised in Windsor, which is outside of Detroit, as everybody knows. But uh, it, New York was a place I would not want to go if it wasn't for Donna. And uh, I feel that that day, everything changed in New York. Uh, people were uh, respectful of each other. There was please and thank yous. Um, People opened doors for each other. at Whether department stores, uh, in elevators, they held it open and waited for the next person to come. And um, just a lot of respect. Uh, the one thing I remember so well: uh, the yellow cabbies. Uh, anybody been to New York knows exactly what I'm going to talk about. Right. And these well. people would beep their horns and give you sign language with fingers and so forth because they had to be somewhere 10 minutes to go, and everybody else was in their way uh that changed dramatically um when i was stationed at the medical examiner's office we had uh, processions of uh police escorted processions of ambulances uh that brought remains back to the medical examiner's office and it's a unique uh it's at the corner of uh uh 1st and uh 30th street and the little bit of a slant looking towards the trade center uh location uh, yeah, but you could see the procession coming up, and everybody, uh, the New Yorkers that were walking on the streets, the ones in the cars, but especially the yellow Um, uh, As the procession came, they all pulled off to the side of the road. The cab drivers and the passengers, even the people at the sides of the street, just stopped, uh, stood at attention, hands on their heart, until everything went by. And, and
0: was the procession going to the medical examiner's office where right. where you were you were stationed what was remarkable was and i was there the year after for that broadcast as you know and uh, when i looked when i got there and i looked at the uh, where the world trade center had stood what it looked like was a conventional construction site where something was going to be built there was no evidence of anything having gone wrong a, you know, so devastatingly, a year earlier, where, as you pointed out in an email to me, the 106-story building was reduced to about nine stories of destroyed structures. Mm-hmm. There was just this, this foundation—or not foundation, but this pit, as it were, prepared for construction.
1: And it was all blackened by the fires, and uh, about the only thing anybody could recognize were the steel beams. Uh, knowing it was a construction site, but there was no furniture, there was no computers, um,
0: nothing. Well, Everything was, had just vaporized. Earlier, when you were there, yeah. yeah. When, uh, when you when you did when you did your the work that you had to do. I um, I can't imagine what that would have been like, but there must have been a just an incredible sense of purpose that was that you all felt. And it didn't go unnoticed or unappreciated because who did you hear from? You heard from kids.
1: And how that, uh, in fact, you know, if I can lead into that, the Salvation Army and the Red Cross were there for the first responders, and especially the Salvation Army. Uh, I have so much respect for those people. They were there 24 by 7 for us. And uh, but one of the army uh, families uh, in. Uh, Richboro, which is just outside of uh, uh, Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, she's a teacher and had her kids in a grade 7 class write letters to the first responders. And as we'd go up to what we affectionately called Sales Cafe, it was the emergency response van that was at the medical examiner's office, and I remember her so well. A dental colleague of mine from Saginaw, Michigan, Bill, says uh, about 9 o'clock, 9.30 at night, that first night, he says, you looked exhausted, Frank. And I said, oh, could I use a coffee? So let's go to Sells Cafe. So we walked up to the van, and he asked the major there for a coffee for my Canadian friend. And the major looked and said, no, can't serve him here. And I'm kind of stunned, and looked, and he says, why? He said, we have no Tim's here being Tim Horton's coffee. Well, that just broke the ice so nicely. But after we had our coffee, uh, they said, oh, by the way, uh, here's a package for you. And they had uh, just like a, not a bushel basket, but a basket, and pulled one out. And uh, I got what I affectionately call Megan's letter. And Megan was uh, in grade seven at the time. And it was wrapped around a Twix uh, candy bar. And uh, basically, she says, uh, you know, kind of to whom it may concern, if you will, and that, you know, I I think you could deserve a break today, and uh, this is uh, my treat to you, and so on. I hope you can have a bit of a rest as you're enjoying this treat, and, uh, but, uh, again, mentioning to all the responders that, you know, that we were brave, and thank you so much for all the help you're doing in identifying the people and so forth. Well, uh, I still have that letter. And I did correspond with uh, Megan a few times after that. I lost track of her in 2004 after she graduated from, got into high school. That was grade 10, I guess, at that time. But uh, the first year, uh, she sent me a letter back and uh, said, I just wanted to let you know how important your letter was to me. She shared it with her uh, class and her teachers and so on. And uh, one thing that she... Really responded. In fact, I was listening to a program with this political correctness prior, and uh, I think you know your listeners should you know search it out on the Google or whatever. It's called "The Americans," and it was by uh, uh, Gordon Sinclair. Yeah, we and it from time I, to time. I always you know remember that so well. And I took a copy of this with me when I was, went to New York because there was a few things that hit so well. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, the Americans, you know, whatever we want to think about them, they're the first ones there to help everybody else out. Mm -hmm. And yet uh, when it comes time to uh, help them, you know, as Gordon Sinclair says, you know, can you name one time that everybody raced to help the Americans out?
0: They never ask for help, frankly. They they don't. uh, And I won't ask you to go into detail about what you did. I, I I I can imagine and people have an idea of what you would have been faced with But you did so much for families who otherwise would not have known Mm -hmm. definitively the fate of their loved ones. And that is so important, regardless of the horrific nature of the circumstance. Ultimately people want to know the fate of their loved ones, and you made that you and your colleagues made that possible for them, so you made that you made that huge contribution. And I I want to ask you this in the two minutes we have left for this segment. Uh, What do we need to learn from 2015? You're a man who's on the front lines of doing such an incredibly important and essential task. What do we need to learn from that, Frank?
1: Well, the main thing that uh, I stress this with everybody is, you know, enjoy every day you have because you never know when it's going to end. Uh, There are so many young family members that went to work, you know, 30, 35 years of age, expecting to come home for supper, and they didn't come home. But the other thing I found is, you know, we used the dental records, and everybody was very cooperative in medical records, dental records, everything else. But you must prepare. You know, we prepare for a birth of of a child and so forth. We've got nine months to do that. But we've got to prepare... For the death as well, because if there's no positive de- or death certificate with a positive ID, which is what we were doing, families must wait seven years for insurances. They can't claim insurance. They can't claim the state's wills, marriages. Uh, you know, businesses cannot right. be closed. And what we did was provided that positive ID. Therefore, they could right. get a death certificate and get
0: on with their lives. Dr. Stetchy, I thank you so much for joining us. I I hope we haven't. Made it too difficult for you, but it's a, you did such an important job in 2001, and it remains important today, and you set the bar and the standard for so many others. Frank, thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you us. very
1: much, and, and Roy, it's not just me. It was all the other
0: 256 uh, dentists I that, that working as a team, but thank you very much, and thank you, uh, Frank. all the best. All the very best to you, Dr. Frank Stetsche and uh, his wife Mary. They're just wonderful people, and what a task they did. Wounded Warriors... Canada will be in Gander, Newfoundland next week. Stay with us.